James Altucher, Stephen Dubner, and Brian Koppelman. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey guys, it's great to be here. Your beard is so beautiful. Thank you. It reminds me of if God had a really good barber, because it's it's got the magisterial flow, but not so much flow that you you find in beef stew from June in there. The, I, I say, I first interview every potential barber, and I say, can you quickly sketch for me your conception of God and his beard? Mm. And then I say, can you take just a little bit off the sides? <laughs> So which you brings found the right guy. Which brings us to the larger question of... Oh, I, I have a question of the day, believe it or not. It. And we're actually, we're not only going to ask a question today, we're going to answer it, okay? And this question comes from a question day listener. Wait, wait, oh wait, boy. wait. Here we go. <laughs> we're going to actually the answer a question? Perdition. We're going to try. We're going to try. Think, I think much more important is the question, but go ahead. Steve Robinson, who is creatively at Steve Robinson, Robinson with an O, tweets us at QOD, which any of you can do at any time, by the way. He says... He's reciting a bunch of things that we've talked about in the past. He says, good sleep hygiene. We talk about sleep hygiene here. Exercise, family, reading and writing all take time. What's the secret to managing time? Any thoughts? Now, Brian Koppelman, I'm guessing that making TV shows and movies the way you do, living in New York as you do, having a family as you do, having a life as you do, and wanting to you know do things other than just work all the time, I would think that you think about this at least as much as James and I do, if not more. So how do you do it? How do you get done what you want to get done without uh, killing yourself? I think about this obsessively, as I know the two of you do. And I think I know part of your answer, but go ahead. I love how he's ready to answer for you. Jump in. This is welcome to question of the day. I think think when you Interruptions of the day. I think when you are (laughs) in your mode, when you're in your mode, like you have to write like 12 episodes of a show, you don't do anything else. And I think you prioritize wife and family, and then nothing else counts. That's my guess. But then the way you do that is the hard part, right? In other words, how I've do you I've seen then... you, though, in action. Like, you're filming an episode. It's 5 o'clock. Bam, you're gone. Everyone else is still there, but you're, like, going to meet the wife for uh, dinner and the kids and, and so on. Well, I, I will. Or now my kids are old enough that they can come by the set. You say to yourself when you're doing something like shooting because you know that there's an end time, meaning, okay, we're shooting an episode for these next 10 days. We're shooting all the episodes in four and a half months. It's easy for me to make the decision, I'm going to see everybody on the weekend. I'm not going to have a social life. So it's about eliminating things. You are right about that. So it's about deciding I'm not going to have any social engagements other than family. And I'm going to do a bunch of stuff that helps me prioritize every day. So you know, you have, we've talked about the morning routine. Like, I'll get up What's to my your morning, morning routine. I meditate and do first more, thing right out of meditate, then morning pages. Uh, the way Julia Cameron describes in the artist way: three freehand long writing pages, um, longhand writing pages, and then I walk my n- normal day. I walk my daughter to school, then I walk to my office. When I'm shooting, I'll walk my daughter to school, then get driven to set. But that's basically the way that the day works, and I find that then in that process of meditation and free writing, I'm aligned for the day, and I'm focused, and I'm aware of what I have to accomplish. And then I think, I don't know how you guys do it, but then I try to build in the things that I don't, my life just doesn't feel rich without. So yes, family, that's uh, primary. 
I'll make sure that on the if I have a, a weekend day, I'll try to see a friend because it really means something to me to have coffee with a friend. We had coffee a few times. So, like, you and I saw each other for coffee on a few Saturdays, James, right. while I was shooting, right? For an hour. We grabbed, like, 40 minutes. But but I will say, I will point out, you were strict about— you were about totally the, vacant. You were, you you were, were present, Brian. <laughs> you were strict about the hour. You're like, okay, I got up and go. And you were like on the phone within three seconds. Like, and yeah. were you strict before the out? You were strict at the outset saying, James, I'm looking forward to this. I have an hour. I definitely you- said no, I, I, Yeah, he yeah. was. He was the, the hour was great. And then he's like, bam. 100%. Let me ask you this. When you have a, um, so I think a and little reading, bit of, by the way. I, reading. So reading, I would figure it out. So how am I going to get in a half hour reading? Mm-hmm. So I think part of um, what makes this a dilemma for a lot of people is whether you're to shorthand a lot, a maker or a manager. I'm sure you guys have heard those terms, right? If you're making, you're responsible for your output. If you're a manager, you're kind of helping other people think about how they're going to be responsible for their output. And if you happen to have a job where you're both, which I'm guessing you very much do, and sometimes you're in maker mode and sometimes you're in manager mode, your schedule is really different and your brain, your the demands on your brain power are really different. But, but Stephen, it sounds like he's not in that mode 100% of the time, which I think would be almost impossible, right? Like, how would you be in that mode like 100% of the time? Well, in the TV series, we're in that mode pretty much 100% of the time because even if we're not shooting, when I'm in the, when as we talked about on an earlier podcast, in the, when, in the writing process, Dave and I are doing both. Dave, my creative partner, and I are doing both, right? Because we're managing the writers. We're also managing the whole pre-production. Because when you're the showrunner, you're in charge of every actor cast in the show, every shooting schedule Get we have to go through and approve. So you're doing those things. But the big difference maker for me is, and I, I think for both of you too, is even in the days when I feel overwhelmed by the amount of stuff and the intensity of it, I remember that I'm actually living an absolute dream. Mm-hmm. And that makes it all feel so much better. I'm, I'm actually getting to do this incredible thing that I dreamed of doing and that I've worked in- incredibly hard to get put myself in a position to accomplish. Do you sometimes have to find yourself really working hard to remind yourself of that? The, there are days when you can get mired in the details, right? Or you can get mired in the difficulty. But I'm pretty good at, and again, it's part because of the, you know, if every day you're taking two 20-minute breaks to meditate, there's no way you don't come back to some kind of center. Even if it's just breathing, there's no way you don't some kind of good stasis re- returns, I think. And so that's a key thing for me. The sleep piece is the hardest. And I, I was talking to t- your, but Tom Rath about this. It, you know, how Who's important very big it is. Guy. His book was Eat, Move, Sleep, right? Yeah, which I think is an awesome resource for this person. Uh, by the way, I would say read, eat, move, sleep. Because Rath really talks about how to think about each moment of the day, whether it's a net positive or a net negative. Do you know his stuff? Mm-mm. He wrote Strength Finder 2.0. But Regular. what's really amazing about him is it's and it's worth it because if you think if you're whenever I think one of the things I'll do sometimes is think about Tom Rath. When he was 16, he was diagnosed with a horrible form of cancer that produces tumors over and over again all over your body. He lost an eye at 16, and decided then to like live a life for this kind of purpose. And he still, he'll tell you, he has tumors in his liver and pancreas right now. He's 40 years, he's been doing this since 16. But he found a way to measure sort of each of these incremental moments for their benefit for others and for himself. And I think that book, Eat, Move, Sleep, is a really good one. Fully yes. charged, too. Fully charged, which is like kind of encapsulates a lot of his ideas, I think really speaks to how mm. do you manage uh, this stuff and not live in a... a don't you find th- th- that it's when you're living reactively that it all feels kind of out of control? When you're reacting to input, 
as opposed to generating? Well, what do you mean? What's an example input? Phone call, an email that triggers you to do something as opposed to you figuring out what it is you want to do, your plan. See, I find both satisfying in very different ways. How? I find there's something, so like I try to divide my day or my week or my year even up into what I think of as um, a very variegated kind of picture. What does variegated mean? Uh, I'm, know, I'm the stupid one on the show, so I have to <laughs> ask like big I, vocabulary I words. I learned variegated when, when I was a kid. My mom would knit, and she used one kind of yarn that was variegated yarn, and all that meant was that there are different streaks of color in the yarn. So variegated generally, when it's not referring to yarn, just means uh, you know if you have an hour or a day, it's not broken into even unoscillating periods, things go up, things go down, things get quiet, things get loud, things get exciting, things get boring. And so I like a variegated day, and I try to create it every day on paper with a pen beforehand to kind of predict my ability to do the deep stuff that's going to take real concentration. But then for me, like a reward will be 30 minutes of like the reactive stuff that you're talking about. Like it's fun to answer those emails for half an hour because you know you kind of tidy it up as opposed to letting them seep into the the three hour, the, you know, the exciting quiet yes. time. That's for me. Kind of you the- and I are golf nuts. So I will say the golf when I belong to a, I mean, I, I belong to a golf club. I'm, I, I love to play golf. It's really like a great pleasure for me. I walk the golf course. I like to carry clubs. Like I just like everything about it. So the moment the series got greenlit, I knew <laughs> I would not. I didn't play golf. I played one round of golf in in, the, in t- you know however long eight months once. Okay. So no TV show is worth that. <laughs> but no, but I, it does show though that you prioritize and you make sure that the, maybe you do because that's of the, the twenty five things you love. You're going to do the five things that are the most important. Because if I could go for you know if I would take that time to go play golf, that is time I could spend with my daughter. That is time I could spend with a friend or quietly thinking or reading a book. And so, you know, you you do do that math. I lost because I gained weight during it. I wasn't able to eat Mm. as well. You do pay a price somewhere. I wasn't able to eat as well as I would during the course of this. We'll dig even deeper into this question of the day right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by The Art of Charm podcast. The Art of Charm teaches powerful life skills such as influence and persuasion. Host Jordan Harbinger brings together entrepreneurs, artists, thinkers, leaders, and all-around interesting people to discuss relationships, attraction, life hacking, and success. The podcast is packed with wisdom from how to become more productive and professional to how to read body language, network, and negotiate. Personal growth shouldn't be so boring all the time, and this addictive podcast is an engaging resource to learn from the best. Topics have included how to create confidence, how to get people to like and trust you, how to keep things fresh in relationships, productivity, time management, biohacking, basically anything that will help you upgrade your brain so that you can become a high performer both at home and at work. Guests have included great business minds and familiar voices, including Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, our guest host, Brian Koppelman, and our very own James Altucher. You deserve an extraordinary life. Go to theartofcharm.com slash podcast or find Art of Charm in iTunes or Stitcher and start taking your life to the next level. We really enjoy this show and think you will as well. You mentioned earlier that 
when you know you've got a project coming up that you need to be, you know, on duty for. It's that project and let's say your family and some other personal stuff. And you said that you'll turn down all the social stuff that comes away. When you're in that period of turning down everything, which I think we've probably all been in when you've got a deadline. It might be a month. It might be a couple years if you're on a book or something. Do you take pleasure in turning all those down, or does it hurt you? Oh, no, I hate—no, it depends on what you mean, how you define social obligations. But a long time ago, um, I got rid of all social obligations. I don't, I, don't, I don't do them. It's one of the best decisions I ever made. I don't do plans I don't want to do. Give an example for this person. So what but, um, kind of social uh, okay, should he so, give up, consider well, giving up? Well, like if you have kids— they're, Give up the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you have kids, th- perhaps uh, some uh, a, a child has a, a friend who has a parent who has a cousin who would like you to come and have dinner with them. Right. I don't. I <laughs> will only spend time away from work with people I want to spend time with. Right. It's too important. I love spending time with friends and interesting people, and I, my wife and I both feel like that is time we can't get back, and so I won't go to events that I will gladly send a check to your charity if it's, uh, I know you and I care about the charity, but I don't want to go to an event that feels like, I don't want to add pressure anywhere I cannot add pressure. I want to meet new people. I want to engage with fascinating, interesting people. I'd love to go see a movie, but I will, early on, I'm telling 25 years ago, I eliminated every kind of plan. If I feel like I'm invited to something and I'm like, oh man, I just say no. But let me ask you this. You said earlier, in an earlier episode, you said you're the kind of guy who feels guilty about giving, a, let's say, a, a, totally a, an different. Uber driver. No, no, no. I, I know it's different. But you feel bad, guilty about giving an Uber driver you don't know a bad rating. How do you not feel guilty toward, let's say, the acquaintance or the friend of a friend who wants you to come to something and you just give an outright no? How do you I, let yourself make the right decision for you without feeling bad about it? I value that time, and I know I can use it, the utility of that time in a different way. Plus— you know, I will, um, if somebody writes me an email, I, even if I don't know them, I'll find time and I will write them back. What's your email address? Uh, the one that people can write me at is <laughs> themomentbk the at gmail.com. Themomentbk at gmail.com. At gmail.com. I will eventually get to the email and, and I will write you back. I'll do Twitter Q&As and I will, I'll try. If a writer contacts me and they have questions about, I, I will find a way to give of myself. But what I don't want to do is the kind of social obligation where none of the four or six people at the table are having fun. Everyone is, everyone's turning to their significant other and being like, crap, do we have to do this tonight? I eliminated that a long time ago, and it, the improvement in my life was so great that there's zero guilt about it. I, I agree with that. Like, I, I don't think it was 25 years ago I did it. I think it was more like five years ago, and it, it, it's like a uh, 500% change in quality of life. And I know you do that too. Like, you don't Which really... Which means everywhere that you are. Like, yeah. I can tell you, I can sit across... You really want to be there. Every time. If I'm at, if you see me out in a restaurant and I'm at dinner with people, I really want to be there. Mm. And that changes the whole night for you, I think. The other day, my daughter had a volleyball tournament in New Jersey. And it, I don't know if you guys have ever taken your kids to sporting tournaments. Not <laughs> just the event, but the I, tournament. I have, yeah. So this was about, you know, 10 hours in a big, cavernous, noisy, not very comfortable, literally no, no place to sit, blah, 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 place for the most part. And uh, and you also don't really know when your kid is going to play because of the nature of the tournament, whether they win or lose, and you don't know if she's going to actually play and so on. 
And so I realized that the, the expected behavior of most parents, this is my first one, and I realized the expected behavior was to basically hang around with the other parents and make small talk for 10 hours well, in a noisy place. And I thought, I will die if I well, do it. And, and and, I, I, and will you identify yourself as the guy who wrote those books and the famous person or you won't? Uh, I never say anything to anybody. Uh, if they say, oh, who are you? What do you, like, do you, because once you say who uh, you are. I have a number of alii, aliases. You uh, do? No, I, I, try, I mean, if these are other, these are kids that my, these are parents of kids my daughter is friendly with. So I, I try not to lie, but I try not to, uh, you know, encourage a certain kind of potentially long conversation. But what I did at the volleyball thing that I was really, ha- but it took everything I had. You know, I use um, noise-canceling headphones all the time on airplanes, sometimes in my office and so on. Um, and they cancel noise and they can play, obviously, audio. And at the tournament, when I figured out that this was going to be 10 hours of this, with perfectly nice people, I should say, I put on the headphones after about the first 45 minutes and I spent the day watching, but in my own universe like this. And at the end of the day, I felt great because I had kind of charted my own course. I felt a little bit like a jerk. I felt like everybody's going to be looking, who's the dad who doesn't want to, you know, whatever. But I would say to Steve Robinson, if you want to get out of life what you want for yourself and for the people that you truly love, I would encourage you to think about, you know, to think less about the appearance, uh, worrying about the appearance of you being a jerk and more about what really costs you in life and what you're trying to get out of it. Some weird time portal's been opened that allows us to glimpse exactly one episode into the future. We'll take you through right after this. Thanks again to today's sponsor, The Art of Charm Podcast. The Art of Charm teaches powerful life skills such as influence and persuasion. Host Jordan Harbinger brings together entrepreneurs, artists, thinkers, leaders, and all-around interesting people to discuss relationships, attraction, life hacking, and success. You deserve an extraordinary life. Go to theartofcharm.com slash podcast or find The Art of Charm in iTunes or Stitcher and start taking your life to the next level. We really enjoy this show and think you will as well. On the next question of the day, what exercise regimen will allow me to live a long, enjoyable life? He goes on to say, I have friends that have to post daily about their half marathon, Tough Mudder, 50-mile bike ride, He needs new friends, plainly. Here's his real question of the day. Do you think that my 45-minute daily walks with my dog will keep me fit for a long time? Question of the Day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry. 